Welcome to Lobau's Spark. To me, it's like the equivalent of taking a five-hour energy shot. But it's, it literally becomes like a raging like wildfire where I'm like, boom! You want that to touch other people's yes, lives in a meaningful that, way. that's all I want. I just do what I do because I want to do it. It'll just pay my soul. Hello there again, and welcome to Season 3 of Lobau Spark Fireside Chats. And I'm not going to call this next person a guest, because he is and has always been one of my closest friends. Today we have Guy Farmer on the show, and he is a brilliant, extremely talented musician. But most important, Guy and I went to high school together, and while life has taken each of us on completely different paths... We will always be extremely close friends, and I am honored that someone with his kind of talent has agreed to be on my show. I would strongly advise you to listen and download his music because it is a blast to listen to. If you are interested in listening to some awesome rock and roll, simply search Guy Farmer in iTunes and you will hear just how talented he is. So let's go fireside now as Lobau and Guy Farmer are reunited for the first time in over a decade. Ready, cut, action. Who do you remind me of right now? Who is the guy on, like, uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, the movie? Oh, fucking Russell Brand. Yes, that guy is. <laughs> I met Russell Brand. He gave me a hug once because I was on crutches on a show. Wait, are you, are, are you serious? You met- so I, went to see I had tickets and I broke my foot and I had two tickets and nobody would drive. And I just had surgery and my dad goes... Well, I'll drive you to Orlando, but there's no fucking way in hell I'm going to see fucking Russell Brown. And I was like, <laughs> fair enough, Moody McMooderson. So we, we drove down to Orlando about 35 miles an hour on the interstate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I tell you what, I've read more of your text than I have read a single sentence from any book in history. Okay. I, I for t- listeners, I can probably uh, vouch for that. Yeah. I mean, so going not on, because I write long text, because this kid doesn't read. No. I, I don't. I, I think it's boring. You sit there. I mean, I mean, good lord. So, I love to read. By the way, it's fun, but especially if you take some Adderall. Yeah. I mean, it, oh my God, reading on Adderall. You better be walking at the same time you're reading. On a treadmill, yeah. That's why you see like, the women that weigh like 95 pounds in that like CrossFit outfit, but they don't do CrossFit. But they're reading like Oprah magazine. And I'm like. How can you do that? <laughs> so, so I mean, you asked me a while back what high school, I, yeah. what I learned from high school, and what okay. I what I learned from high school was actually a lot. Uh, I actually learned was that I'm not going to look back and say, "God, I'm so glad that I studied so hard for that test and got a good grade." Right. What I remember <laughs> and what I was taught was that that shit doesn't fucking matter. Because on my deathbed, I am going to remember the party with all my friends. Like, who gives a shit about the damn test? I don't. It's the relationships that you have in life that matter. That's all that matters. It's in learning not to give a shit about tests at age, far age. Yeah. Let it go. When it's presented to you as like, this is the most important thing on earth or you will not be successful. That is such bullshit. Your frontal lobe is not developed and they're telling you this is the most important time of your life. Yeah. 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 Wait until you can make decisions. You can't vote, son. I don't think you're going to be able to decide how to, you know, or not. But like, uh, like, I, I I remember a lot of parties. A lot of parties. They were all fun. They were all great. I don't. 
I, I, I was there. <laughs> right. Exactly. I do. I do. I wasn't partying yep. like that. No, I, I loved it because now I have an amazing group of friends that are still close to, yeah. to this day because I didn't lock myself in a room and study for the test that didn't matter. I got so angry at a teacher because I really like sticking it to teachers. Now, I'm sorry. I do. And the reason that I do is because all of them told me that I wouldn't be shit. And, that's why yeah, I don't, and, and, why I'm not allowed to say because I grew up being told that. Well, that's what ADHD does. It gives us the ability to read how those teachers are and who they really are more than anyone else. And What do they go home to? It, Right. Everyone else sitting what makes them act like that. Right. Everyone else sitting in the classroom accepts the fact that if you get good grades, you'll be successful. That's just not true. They fell back. And there are some teachers we've had that were noble. There are ten percent. Ten percent is what I the same. they don't teach you how to not play the game. You have to play the game. Have that, to play the game. And if you don't play the game, then yeah. you're not you're not you're not really Well just, well no the thing is but but the problem is what they failing. don't what they don't like is disruptors. People that play the game that are talented as shit that they know they need, but Mm -hmm. they can't control them. But sit the fuck down and do what I tell you. Fragile ego and brittle spirit, man. I mean, I love to get told off, not told off, but I love to be like corrected. Right. Um, if I'm wrong, say be the best you you can be. Look in the mirror and love who you see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That shit doesn't work. (laughs) I kind of thought like, and, and and I'm sorry. I know they're not all like this, and I'm not saying like all the kids think this. I'm just saying I think that a lot of those teachers thought, hmm, these influential, well-off parents right. are interested in me, not interested me, but paying me yeah, to yeah. teach their children. I'm in charge now. No, nah, yeah. bitch, you're not in charge. Right? You give, you tell me what. I mean, you are in charge. I respect that. Yeah. And that's something we should stop real quick and say, as uh, you know, I refer to this patients or sufferers or whatever, but uh, people with ADD, um, you know, we have to do that. We have to kind of, a lot of times, like I get a lot of experience from being in bands, not that they've been successful, but when I've worked with bands at work, there's a lot of fall on a sword, man. Like there is. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, huge. That is such a good are, comment. <laughs> you are like, it's like in my <clears throat> bands. School teaches you that, yeah. You listen to what other people say are important. Yeah. It has nothing to do with what you think is important. It's what Don't they hear an opinion. It's what they think is important. No one, no one in high school told me, by the way, step outside the box and do this. And stay inside that box. Yeah. Do what you're told. Make A's. Go to school. Graduate. And then after you graduate, you're not our problem anymore. You're a statistic. That's what I am. Well, you're, no, you're, you're somebody we send letters to asking for your at, asking for donations. Like, I mean, I think I think I put more effort into failing school. Than, <laughs> like, like you wanted to stay. It, it was well, well, yeah, because I was dating a hot girl and she was a freshman, and I thought if I got held back, I could date her, and she would be a sophomore, and I'd be a junior, and it would work out fine. <laughs> you were diagnosed with ADHD, correct? Yes, sir. When, I was. When was that? A little too late. Um, <laughs> okay, that's interesting that you say a little too late because a lot of people that have wanted to come on here have emailed me and said, I got diagnosed too late. What do yeah. I do now? Think, what do you do when you get diagnosed? Because I, I don't know that because I was diagnosed at age like birth. <laughs> 
You were you were adopted just like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 you know, past is past, and once what or not. But um, no, when I got it, um, I got diagnosed with um, like depression and I guess anxiety before I really like knew what Xanax was and stuff. And so I was on Lexapro and a small bit of Xanax. Starting my freshman year in college, I I, I was feeling a little blue, I guess. And um, I went to the, the the place where they do doctor stuff, and um, <laughs> they call it the health center. And um, I got onto some like really low dosage of Lexapro, which um, was about as effective as, you know, and the low doses of Xanax, and that helped. You know what I mean? And um, then, like, I felt, you know, Xanax is kind of fun. It wasn't, and all of a sudden, like, it was a, just super depression. Like, the, the I wasn't treating it. I was just, like, I don't know what I was doing. Masking putting it? Up, putting up with it. Drinking too much. And um, it was just, like, time for a mental reset, like, so to speak, which, um, I mean, I don't know what it was. I was just, I, something wasn't working, man. Like, and so I got this great doctor and we went for about three months and I was still just like, man, this isn't working. I'm miserable. And like, I'm miserable to the point where like I smashed a Gibson Les Paul. I mean, like just sad and just depressed and stuff. And like, um, not suicidal, but destructive, not addicted, but destructive. Like I just drank as much whiskey as I could possibly drink like a fifth a day and then hydrate, drink beer right? because I was destructive. And when I decided to quit drinking it, I did for two years straight. And, you know, I just, just did a little bit here and there now, and I don't have to stop on the way home and grab a bottle of whiskey. But this doctor was listening to everything I said and hanging on every word. And I, and the thing is you have to wait two hours to see this man. Like it, he's always running late, but he saved my life, man. He, he's a proponent of like adding at of, Adding Adderall onto people's um, cocktails uh, for depression, so, you know, it's a stimulant to boost your, um, right. your mood. Well, it, then to it works. The effect of depression, and it works. And and at that that was about the same time when, when I started noticing it was working, that a lot of other things were working too, and um, uh, that being life. And um, I was so focused and like not focused so much as like. I've always been like driven when I want to be like like when it's something I'm interested in. Like now. ADHD yeah. people love the struggle because they have no other choice. And you don't think about it until you get to the end. You don't realize right. how much you love the struggle until you reach the end. Right. The, the, the goal, you know, like, you know, I did uh, <laughs> about what I wanted to do. Where, why would I want to go to that college Right. to become what? No, all I ever was taught, and this is not a parent's thing, this is a, that world thing, was getting to college, getting to college. Yeah. I never had, I, mean, I, I was discouraged from being a veterinarian because I won't never pass organic chemistry before I even knew what organic chemistry was. Right. And um, the truth is, if I, I probably would have failed the hell out of organic chemistry. <laughs> but I mean, I'm just saying, it's like, I got to college and I had no idea what I wanted. And I graduated college. And it's funny, I got a piece of advice from somebody who I, who I work with in another job. And he said, blah, 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 blah. And maybe, maybe you need to be less friendly. And I said to him, that's that's the second worst advice I've ever gotten in my entire life it's like god you should go to college because if you don't you're gonna be a trash man guess what my first job out of college that's so funny when you got jumped trash man man really yeah Yeah. your first job 
after graduating college, was being a trash man. After being told, like, you, you should go to school and study and learn because you don't... Not that there's anything wrong with being a trash man. No, student. there isn't. I mean, I, the money, I, they're badass. And so we're covered that. But what I'm yeah. saying is, like, I grew up, like, hearing this not every day. It's like my dad said, oh, garbage man. But I remember at one point I hearing that from somebody... And I just remembered I was going to talk to you about this today. I was like, oh, that's funny. Like, like the first thing somebody ever said to me, I, that's the first job I had. And, and I loved it. It was kind of fun. I love driving garbage trucks. Right. It, 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 I actually. RVs, tour buses. Shut up, bird. Yeah. There's a, there's a, nest, too? There's a nest of like five of them right here that are, they just, uh, <laughs> they just hatched. And so like the mom keeps bringing them food and they're, they're getting all needy. You know? Yeah. It's, how about teach the damn things to fly on their own? For the love yeah. of God. Back to <laughs> after you were a trash man, what happened after that? All right. Then I guess I worked at Fidelity, which is a big change. <laughs> and let's just say this. I showed so much interest in finance his whole life. I'm so glad he, I, nobody listened to me. Sure. I Fidelity for about three months until I realized I wasn't going past that whatever thing. Right. Test a uh, stockbroker, uh, you know, Bernie Madoff testing. So I was, I quit. And um, then I knew about, um, I learned about Belmont University in Nashville. It's a, it's a small Christian school, still a small Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee, kind of nestled in between like, you know, like, yeah, Vanderbilt and some road and yeah, Belmont, a little small school. And then you got like Nashville. That's a terrible way of saying If you want to find out more about it, you get a map. But Belmont's <laughs> a small little Christian school, but it has a, one of two at the time, because University of Georgia, the other music business programs, where right. you're not just getting the production side. The production side would be like if you're touring and you're going to do lighting, touring and you're going to do teching, like drum tech, which I've done on tour. And um, touring, like, um, or, or just being, like, the people that, like, you know, record, like, recording engineers, you know what I mean? Sound right. engineer. I did music business. So, like, I was, like, working in publishing, and I wasn't, like, tuning guitars on, on tour. I was, like, like I was the tour managing. You were managing, and, basically. Tour managing, yeah. I was, like, the guy that, like, got us paid. I was making sure, like, all the liquor and whatnot was in the dressing room. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> with and what, our, what our writers are. And, um, it's the lifestyle. It, I mean, it was fun. Like, man, everything from a band tour, everything from a my car tour with my my band. Uh, if you don't fucking make music your thing, like your job, will you kill me? I, I'm gonna be. I, I'm not gonna kill you. I'm gonna be upset because none you of the other shit. Off. Your passion for this is something that you need to be doing. It's also a lot of fun. Uh, obviously, passion fun. Same thing. Uh, right, but you're worried about okay if I get get as involved in it as I was in Nashville that I'll burn out and all that kind of stuff. That's bullshit. Hey man, here's the deal. One thing I'm not saying like I'm there yet, but like uh, when I moved to Nashville and I'm like 24, 25, 6, I started meeting these guys that were like starting to get successful, and they were like 45, and it really depressed me. Just like one of those things, I was like shit. Like, I'm going to have to step up my game. No, what you're going to have to do is you want to be good at something. you got to keep working at it. But you're so good at every this. Day, you have to like, write every day. You have to write every day. You have to play guitar every day. Play guitar every damn day. Because yeah. I love, I don't practice the guitar. I just play the damn thing. And I know that my mom took me to meet White Snake like in third or fourth grade. And I was just like, holy shit. Um, and uh, they were rock stars, man. They're they really cool. I remember them being really cool. I got a little white Epiphone guitar. 
And then I got Guns N' Roses tape from my sister after she gave me like the good old boys and introduced me to all the nice gangster rap. And I got sent home from like fifth grade or something for having like the liner notes to Guns N' Roses Lies, which if you if you're listening to this, Google liner notes, Guns N' Roses, GNR Lies. Yeah, you can understand why fifth grader might get sent home. And so, um, anyways, I, Slash is my point. I I wanted, I had to be Slash. I loved it. Every he, Slash and Guns N' Roses is just my not my guitar hero. Just as as a young guitar player, I wanted to be him. I had no idea that there was a possibility to be a musician or that music could be in my life. I thought it was just something that no. like people's parents made them play the piano. I'm lucky enough to get to play some guitar, but like, nah. Like, like when I saw Scott writing Inspection 12 on his notebook, I was like, what's that? He's like, it's my band. And like, I was like, like light bulbs went off. Man. I don't like to be afraid that I can't say things and I'm nobody. And like, Actually, like you're not nobody. Uh, you kind of made it in Nashville for a decade, which is fucking impossible as a musician because that's like a no, point. You're very no, I'm not. Thank you, thank you. I saw Nashville. I went there, okay, for a weekend. It, it is it is impossible. To, yeah, it is fun, but it's impossible to do what you did. It is fun times, man. It, work, work, work. That's because you love what you do. You, you, that's why you're successful at what you do, with everything you do. Right. You, you, anything you've ever failed at, you didn't love. Yeah. Which no, It wasn't because you were stupid. It's because you didn't love it. You were smart enough to know you didn't love it, so fuck putting the time into it which is kind of a, yeah. a, a vital issue with adhd is if you don't love it it's nothing you will give nothing to it you and, won't even show up you won't even think about it uh, right I, mean, I don't know i should be playing music somewhere no shit yeah i should it's fun i play a lot of music man i played the other night I yeah but you it. need to make it a career i mean this is bullshit you're too talented not to you're so no, it's just the truth. Like, God, no, it's, it's nice. I should be doing more. I did 2020 fuck me up because I couldn't play live. Like, and I can make not money, but I can like book shows easier as a solo thing. And okay, so what is stopping you from going back to music as a career? Because that is where you're. That's where you're. Well, I, I didn't say Nashville. Nashville's out of cards. I didn't say Nashville. I said music okay. as a career. Here's what's stopping me. Um, right now, um. Um, there's no sense in pressing uh, the two albums that I've done. Well, just look for the orange album. It's Guy Farmer. It's on iTunes. All right. And, if, and uh, the others are just bootleg. And, but there's an EP called Microdose because, you know, there's only a few songs on there. And Microdose didn't get to come out because um, this little thing called the, the COVID happened. I'm going to get back to... I'm always writing. I still write for a publishing company in Nashville. And you get paid, and that's... You get paid. It doesn't pay the bills. I mean, my... Well, it doesn't pay the bills, but do you like it? it, Oh, yeah. It's not about the pay. It's... it's, Right. I have to write write music. That's a good part I'm tapping. I have to write music, and I have to play music. When I got on Adderall, like, first, like... Like you just mentioned, like you, uh, you, I remind you, like Russell Brand, probably because I talk kind of fast, but like I've always done that since like 2002 or three or four, and um, just because my mind's moving fast, and people be like, "Hey man, lay off the coke," and I'm like, "I'm not." But like, um, yeah, that, I, that's what I hate I, the most. I bring this up for one reason: to anybody listening who has, um, who takes Adderall, takes uh, any medicine like that, don't let anybody in your life. Say you're acting, you're acting hyper. You're acting like you're on that, that you know, because that's you know, if if people can call 
if people can flippantly say she's she's so bipolar, then there's a there's a problem there. You know what I mean? Right. And because I've seen people lose their like like really get their feelings hurt by like their emotions being labeled as oh you're a crazy bipolar bitch. You right. Know what I mean? Right. So, so belittling like but by, by saying like oh the, the medicine that's making you all hyper. Well, no, man. Like if you've paid attention, and I've always been like this. Now I'm just a little more focused. And well, so. it's also the fact that when you really have it, the medicine has a counter effect to what it yeah. does with people that don't have it. If you don't right. have it and you take Adderall, it's speed. If you right. if you pharmaceutical cocaine. Right. It is. I mean, that's. Yeah. It. But if you have it and you take it, you can go to sleep if you're tired. Oh, for sure. The medicine yeah. just gives you the ability to be yourself. Yes. And I do use it at this point for the med- med- medicinal use. So I don't use it every day. Um, like I would take my uh, Lexapro, which I've actually stopped taking antidepressants and anxiety medicine every day. But I do probably take Adderall more than I lay off the other ones because um, of the other medications. I, um, when Getting diagnosed in, at 30 leaves you like this. Like Now I'm about 40, right? And I'm thinking, You're my the way age. that I, the way I look, the way I look at like, like things that used to like, <laughs> I would look at them and be like, I'm running away from that. <clears throat> One thing I was going to say about like Adderall it, for me is, uh, it kind of makes, it makes it, and just like other things I'm not going to mention, it makes you want more in a way sometimes, like, because it's that, so you got to watch it. You got to watch that and make sure that that's fake. That that whole like craving, that's how I tell addiction to go. In depression and these feelings of anger and emotion, those are fake. I don't have to entertain those emotions. Right. This is my choice. But the so Adderall, like, controlling the Adderall is an external factor. They are telling you, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. You do what works for you and then to hell with whatever right. anybody else says and all those medications has a cumulative effect. So if you're only taking it like once every other day or once when you need it or whatever, it doesn't do the same thing as it would if you're consistently taking it. Yes. It's like, it's like a drug. You lose your tolerance. Right. All of a sudden you're like bouncing off the wall and you got your family like, or friends being like, I've got some friends in particular who are like, I can tell you're on Adderall right now. So can you tell me can, can you tell me one thing that ADHD or not one thing but anything that ADHD has done that has led you to be the person that you are in a good way? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm happy with who I am right now. Like, um, I uh, I started saying this probably a couple of years ago just to piss off my friends who you can imagine would be pissed off by this. Hey, man, even my Ugly days are fucking beautiful. All right? Uh, and I said it like that for a reason. I'm really happy with, with, with my relationships with people. I'm really yeah. happy with... Um, yeah, I get along. That's a huge I, thing. Because it sounds egotistical saying some... I, I'm guilty of fucking up a few relationships. But, like, if you can't get along with me, it's probably your fault. Yeah, because I, I totally I will, agree. I will let you walk all over me it, for, like... ADHD does that just to keep it copacetic because I know that like in real life we're friends I want you to advise people with people with ADHD on following their dreams like you have okay work creates opportunity 
when you're working that job, work that job as hard as you can because who knows what can come from it because that's what I, my success in Nashville only came from not – I wasn't in the right place at the right time. I just was just always going out there and putting myself out there and being myself. No, be yourself and do – if you do you – I mean – be professional. Like I took my eyebrow ring out the other day. I was thinking, eh, that's probably not the best look. <laughs> um, uh, you know, but I'm, um, you know, but I mean, it's just like work creates opportunity, and the more that you don't let other people influence you. Listen, listen to advice. That doesn't mean take it. All right, you don't have to just because someone's giving you advice doesn't mean you have to take it. Shut the fuck up and listen. Basically, just just keep going, keep moving, and um, it's like that with everything that I do. Because um, I like what I do. So to find things you love to do, mostly working whatever job you have to do to get there, i.e. work creates opportunity. People are going to come around. People are going to see who you are. Be true to yourself. Don't let anybody like make you feel weird about medications you've taken. And you don't have to volunteer that you have ADD, ADHD. Just be yourself and like just rock and roll. And I was uh, going to add to that. Right I was going to add to that that you just touched on every single characteristic that ADHD, ADHD people naturally have. And I never read anything about that. You want to know why? Huh. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't even find the book. Thank was, you, Lobao, for having me on your show. <laughs> Beautiful things coming your way from this man right here.